0: Needful as all the other moves and things that God does, maybe more so. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. It is our daily food. It is truth and light. And when the, entrance, when the Word gains entrance into our spirit, into our soul, into our mind, the Bible says it enlightens. It enlightens. It's a light unto our feet. And it's a lamp unto our path. And I'm so grateful, as dark as it is and becoming every day in the world, that we are not without the light. and We purpose to walk in the light. And we're so grateful for the light you've already imparted and given, but we're also thankful that you give more light. Grant light, revelation, understanding, comprehension on this wonderful subject of living by faith. It's living by faith that pleases you. It's when we live by faith and walk by faith and not by what we see or feel that, Father, we are enabled to walk on top of the circumstances of life. And so I thank you for imparting light and revelation to every heart tonight about what it is and what it means to victoriously live and walk this wonderful life of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, on these Wednesday nights, we've been talking either about healing or prosperity, receiving that, and uh, but the last few weeks we've been talking about, you know, if you're going to walk in healing, you're going to have to have faith for that. And if you're going to walk in divine prosperity, you're going to have to have faith for that. All of the redemption, all of the redemptive works of God, everything in your inheritance is unlocked and received by faith. So, you know, everything you'd ever need and want in life, God's already given it to us. The Bible says in Peter that God has given unto us all things that pertain to life That's right. and godliness Amen. in the form of an exceedingly great and precious promise. Amen. Amen. So I have a lot of things that, uh, that we've acquired that are in our freezer, in our cupboard, is food. But that doesn't mean it's edible. It, it has, it has, it's, it's got the potential for that. You know, let's just, you know, we eat a lot better than that, but, you know, we, we do eat ramen at the Cody house. Not because we have to, but because we like to. And, uh, but, you know, I, none of the kids like to just uh, crack open the hard crunchy package and chomp down on it, right? You got to at least add some hot water to the thing. Put the seasoning packet in. So, but see, God, if you could think of the, the promise of healing, divine protection, uh, all of the wonderful blessings that God has given us in His Word. He's given it to you in the form. Hey, welcome back, Sister Elizabeth, from Bible school. I've been meaning to say that. Thank you. And so I, I did it. Welcome home. She just completed her first year of Bible school. And uh, uh, the proud is not the word, but pleased and excited. And but, uh, so welcome home. Praise God. And uh, so what was I saying, Bible student? I was talking about the promise of God (laughs) in a a capsule. And all you really need to do to make that, you know, an experience instead of a promise is to mix your faith with it. It's when you mix your faith with the unseen, unfelt, unexperienced promise of God that poof, it manifests into this material world. Where you can spend it, live it, experience it, enjoy it. So faith is what you give to God, amen, in return for what He has promised you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. But the Lord has directed us to this verse again tonight. And it says in verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Do you see that? Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And so we pointed out last week, doing so again, that there is a fight to faith. Amen? Now, you know, uh, a lot of people don't really realize this, but, you know, you'll, you'll carry in need and use your faith with you even when you get to heaven. God's not going to change. He's not a different God when you show up at His house physically. You'll use your faith. If eventually, we will return here. Right? In our glorified bodies. And we will have earthly assignments. And no doubt, God's a faith God. He operates by faith. I don't see him changing that. Amen. So, But the thing about you know what makes heaven heaven, even though you're using your faith there, is that there in heaven, faith has no enemies. There's no opposition to your faith. And God intended Adam to use his faith on the earth. What? To furnish it replenish it keep it he would use his faith his dominion all of that to do that and i don't know how long he got to play with that experience that you know what i mean practice with that before he fell but see before he fell you know god gave him the ability to call he called a cow cow and it came you know but he the god the reason god allowed adam man to name everything is because of the ability to call because in the kingdom that's how you do you call those things that be not as though you want. That's how you operate, by your words. But see, when he fell and the curse came in, now there's this opposition to our faith. Faith works the same, and faith still wins, and faith appropriates all the promises of God. But in this moment, in this time in life in which we live, we're living in this world where Satan is God, G-O-D, little g, right, of this world system, Amen. There is a, 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 an enemy to our faith. There are forces that would oppose our faith. And we just need to understand it, learn how to buck up, how to deal with it, and use our faith not to be... God never intended, even in a sin-dominated world that we live in, for uh, the adversity that we face, the problems, the trials, to be our undoing place. God doesn't intend the difficult places you and I will find ourselves in in life to be a point of undoing. You know, the Bible says that every temptation, test, and trial that comes unto man is common to man. And that God is faithful in it to make a way of escape. That you and I may be able to endure it patiently. Amen? Amen? In other words, God is so good and wonderful, He will not allow you and I to ever face a battle or a test or a trial that He doesn't know already you and I have the stuff to overcome that. Whatever temptation you're facing, maybe to sin or to disobey, you've got the stuff in you if you would just yield to it. Amen. 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 Two, you've got the right stuff. So I always say, if you find yourself in it, win it. Right? If you're in it, if you find yourself on a battlefield against sickness, disease, bills, problems, demonic powers, opposition against your call, we're all going to experience it on whatever level. If you're in it, win it. That's what God intends. He never in, God has never authored and intended a moment of failure or defeat for your life. The Bible says that He always causes us or leads us in what? Triumph. Triumph. That's victory. God is, when the Bible says that we are His handiwork, right? And and as I heard Pastor Nancy say to the graduates uh, watching that, God never authored, He never prepared a path that included failure. He only thought blessing. He only wrote your story. There's only good stuff in your story. Now, he you know, you're going to face giants and storms and went. Jesus did. Amen. But you have to approach that with the faith. Will approach that with the right mindset and the right perspective. Amen. I'm looking at a, ma- at a mountain, and the mountain is here so that I can move it. The mountain is here not to defeat me or to impede me from going where God wants me to go, having what God wants me to have. If a giant shows up, cut its head off. Amen. And carry its, yeah, carry its bloody head around. I'm not talking about a person, obviously, but I'm talking about the, the name of that. Okay, okay, arthritis. You tried it. See, here's your the bloody head of arthritis. Now who wants to come against me next? Because... By his stripes, I'm healed. That's what I'm going to use on you, praise God. Whatever it is. But see, people that begin to, they embrace the life of faith, and they learn not only how faith operates, but they get, I love this, there's the laws of faith, but then there's the spirit of faith. And, And we have taught to us the laws and the principles, the ways of faith. But you have to catch the spirit of faith. You have to catch it. Well, how do I catch it? Well, how did you catch a whatever? I don't catch colds. Right? I don't catch COVID. I'm redeemed. Amen. But you and I mean, you, get it, you just got around somebody who had it. Naturally speaking, you, well, I, I went around well I got it. Now I got it. I'll tell you what. If you hang around people who are negative, small thinkers, gossipers, Backbiters, and all they know is failure, nothing ever works out for me. You better watch it, you'd catch that spirit. But, right? I, I, I'll gravitate, I'm gonna make sure that, that those that are influencers in my life are winners. They're winning in the game of life. Brother Copeland uh, told a story about a woman that came to his meeting. And she was just overcome with grief. Everything about her countenance uh, was just, she was paralyzed with grief and sorrow. And she had lost a child. And in the natural, naturally speaking, you could understand why, why someone might be like that. And her husband had drug her to this Brother Copeland's meeting because she wasn't being a wife to him. They had other children. And uh, here she came, and the Spirit of God told Brother Copeland what to say to her. And he said, "You tell her, mother, you got beat at the game of life." Well, that didn't sound real encouraging, right? did it? That didn't sound real comforting. And so he, "Are you sure that's what you want me to?" Tell? Yeah. And so she said to this, he said to this woman, "Mother, you got beat at the game of life. God didn't take your child. You got beat. The devil." is out there, he steals, kills, and you got beat at the game of life. And she got hot mad. You know, I got this hen at home, and every time, you know, this time of year, she's intent on sitting on eggs. Now, I have a couple like that, but when you shoo them off a little bit, they go, okay. But this one... You ever heard the old phrase, mad as an old, wet hen? Shh, this is this. And man, you, 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 she is going to peck at you as you take her eggs into the kids. She is just mad. You know? And that's what Brother Copeland described this mom to be. And they left the meeting and was offended. But they showed up back at the meeting that night. And she came up to him and said, Brother Copeland, thank you. You shocked me out of my numbness. You're right, I got beat at the game of life, but it will never happen again. She decided to get serious about learning how to live her life by faith. We have to stop you know this whole thing of whatsoever will be will be case sarah, sarah and in putting all of the responsibility and the outcome of our lives over on God. We have a part to play. And our part is faith. Our part is faith. And so since faith is my part, I want to be good at my part. And so part of being good at faith is understanding that Satan's not going to Put his feet up and watch me roll into victory. He will fight you every inch. Every inch. You, If you're going to take ground for God against the devil, you will have to force it out of his hand. You will have, he will fight you for every inch of ground. I found this out and I heard it. I was warned about it. I knew what to expect. But Satan hates churches buying land, owning buildings, having pro- He thinks this earth is his. But this 16 acres here is not his. And the 15 acres I live on is not his. And the ground you occupy, come on. It is not the devil's. That's right. But you who were with us, you saw. He fought us, this church, every inch. We had to fight for every bucket of paint, every, every sheet of drywall. This building's not made out of concrete, steel, studs, and electrical. It's made out of a whole lot of faith. But it's here. It is here. And, and listen, when sickness comes against you, I know how in the natural, how, how the body wants to lie down and just <laughs> do nothing. But you've got to develop enough faith energy. You've got to fight back. Not with positive thinking. I'm talking about fight back with, the, you know, with your faith. So let me say some things just quickly to you tonight that I I hope will will help you. When you find yourself in the heat of circumstances and the pressure is bearing down on you, Uh what do you do? Go to Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, and we'll find verse 23. Remember, we began to talk about what doubt is. And remember that Jesus has been so plain that if we'll believe with our heart and speak with our mouth, we will have whatever we say. If we do not doubt in our heart. But if we doubt, if we doubt, what did James tell us? We get nothing. Again, what does it mean to be doubt? It means to vacillate. It means to entertain two opinions. It, it means, okay, here's what the, I understand. I know Pastor Chris, you know, and I believe it. Yeah, you know, by him stripes, I'm healed. But, and then you go down that trail. That's doubt. That's a trail of doubt. There needs to be a period at the end of that scripture, whatever healing scripture. Not a and, but, what about this? That's all Doubt. And it has to be driven out. Faith is very single-minded. I love uh, something that I, uh, well, I saw Reverend Siegel post this on his ministry website. And he said, real Bible faith doesn't ever even touch or think that there is any scenario where God does not come through. There is no scenario where God does not come through when faith is really in place. I love that. You don't have to have all your backup plans when you've got faith because faith is enough. So, praise God. In Hebrews 10, 23, just uh, for time's sake, going right to the Amplified, it says, So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering. Amen. Now, this is the hope we cherish. There I'd like the, the other translations. He's talking about the confession. Mm-hmm. The confession of your expectation. Mm-hmm. Hope means expectation. Yeah. Expectation. Yeah. Come on. Amen. And so here it says, seize, hold fast, and retain without wavering Amen. your confession of faith. The acknowledgement of your faith. For he who promised is reliable. Yeah. He is sure. Yeah. And he is faithful to his word. Yeah. Yeah. Because God is reliable. He's it's sure. The promise of God is sure. Take it to the bank, steadfast. He's faithful to his word. Like he told Jeremiah, I'm watching over my word to make sure it's performed. Because of that, when you find yourself in the heat, in the pressure, in the pressure cooker of that circumstance, a key to winning is do not change what you are saying. You have to hold on to, you have to maintain a positive confession of your faith in the midst of the pressure. That's what you do. And so I have here a statement I like, I'll just read it right off the notes. You and I, we need to develop the discipline of saying the right thing when we feel the wrong thing. I'm going to say it again. All of us, we need to develop the ability, the discipline, to say the right thing when we feel the wrong thing. When you learn this, it's, it's easy to teach. It's easy to say the words. But when you're facing it, and everything you see is contradicting what the Bible says you're supposed to have. All your needs are getting bigger. And you're looking at God says, my God shall supply. But the bill stack keeps getting taller. What are you going to say? When the symptoms in your body go from bad to really bad, what are you going to say? when we feel like crying, in that moment, you have to say the right thing. It doesn't have to sound convincing. But what comes out of your mouth has to be what you believe. And what you believe is supposed to be in line with what God's Word says. Years and years and years ago, maybe our second or third year, we were still over at Jackson Street. We had declared Easter Sunday to be a we we had declared that we were going to have a healing service, and I had a preacher friend uh, that I had come in in from Oklahoma that was going to be the guest minister for that healing meeting on Easter Sunday. So they were there. Everything's fine. It's Saturday, spending time with them, and all of a sudden. I had all the symptoms of the flu, and I was totally nauseous. You know, that vomit feeling. And uh, so that had come on me. So I just was, I had things to do. So I, uh, the minister, my friend, wanted to go to the church and get the lay of the land and all of that, and pray a little bit, so we drove up there, and I am sick. I mean, just physically. I mean, I'm going to ralph any minute. It's the way I feel. Chuck, you know, you know, whatever, y'all get it, right? Throw up. And uh, that's an awful feeling. I hate that feeling. Hate that feeling. We all know it, right? Oh, I hate that feeling. And um, so with every minute I'm with him, it's getting worse. And here's what the devil starts saying to me. You're not even going to be able to go to church tomorrow. And you've been advertising for weeks, healing signs and wonders. And look at you, sick as a dog. And I, what did I see? I had to, in that moment, say what I did not feel. I had to say it. I had to say it. I said I had to say it. Well, I believe it. God knows I believe it. No, you have to say it. He didn't say just believe. A lot of us would be further along if that was all there is to faith. Just believe the right thing. But you can die believing correctly. He said, whosoever shall believe in their heart and say with their mouth that with the, with the heart man believes, but with the mouth confession is made unto, what's that word? Sozo. He's going to teach on that in Connect class in June. Sozo just didn't mean say, "Go to heaven, there's a package there, and it includes healing. Amen. So but notice that you believe with your heart and you confess unto salvation. Notice someone could believe that Jesus is the Son of God and still go to hell. That's right. That's right. They have to say it. That's right. Amen. I said they have to say it. So I, I don't remember what scripture, I liked Psalm 103, let's say that was the one I was standing on, and I just had to say it. And so we, we ended up driving back, and we were living at the duplex we rented out there on uh, Highway 60 coming into Kevil, and we pulled up into the driveway, I didn't even, I had him drive me back. And I've got all these thoughts about how foolish I am, everybody's going to find out what a faithful you are. And uh, I literally, y'all already ate, right? Okay. I, I, I literally f- opened the door when he put her in park. I had a little bit of an incline on the driveway. Fell out of the car on my hands and knees. And out it came. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> so without getting any further graphic, I'm there on my hands and knees and I'm downhill. So my lunch is flowing back into my hands and my fingers. And with my hands and knees like this on the incline, you know what I said? Father, I thank you that you have forgiven all of my iniquities. And you have healed all my diseases. I thank you I'm healed. What did I do? I went in, washed my hands, laid down on the couch having in the moment, in the heat of it, made my declaration, took a nap. When I woke up, every symptom was gone. Every symptom was gone. You cannot be moved even by Ralph. Paul said, none of these things move me. Ralph, you don't move me. You're a lying, Ralph. What God said about me is so. In the face of what it it doesn't look like it, it doesn't feel like it, but that's what the fight of faith looks like. In that same season, well it was actually earlier because it was going on in the process of our having moved here. When we moved, uh, I, had to co- I had to come quickly. Quicker than I wanted to in terms of logistics at, um, at home. I had business at home and I had a nine month old and uh, a house to sell. and, and But uh, the previous pastor said, if you want it, I'm leaving, you gotta come. So in the midst of it, we... We ended up leasing our home, now don't make fun of me, I know it was a bad decision, to three college girls. And we leased it to them because their rich parents paid us six months' worth of rent in advance. But that was not God. Long story short, they destroyed the house. I mean, they painted the wallpaper neon green paint. All the carpet was gone. Holes in the walls. Our house was brand new. We'd only lived in it a couple years, three or four years. Brand new. They destroyed it. Amber's there. I've had to take the church. I'm out here by myself. She's got the baby. And she's got this mess to deal with. So she just... Proverbs thirty one woman. She just picks up her hammer, and she—I don't think she's picked up a hammer since then. But <laughs> now that is not true. Yes, that's not true. <laughs> she has. She has. She's hung a lot of pictures and put, And she's done a lot of stuff. She helped. Me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, I did. But she just took this massive project on. I'm sure Cheryl helped and watched the baby and the dog and all that. but she, And I felt so bad. She got all this to deal with. We're trying to get the house on the market because we ain't leasing again. I mean, that's, we're all, that's <laughs> just it for us. <laughs> and um, so we were able to get most of it done. But she called me up. I think it was a Tuesday. And she called me up and she says, Chris, I, I got to have $1,200 more. I got to buy a new door for the garage. The little side door or whatever. I need $1,200 more to finish it off. I go, okay. And we hung up. And I, I thought, okay, I've got some credit left on my credit card. That would have been the easy thing to do. I have to have the money. we got to get the house listed. But I just, this came up in me. No. God's the one that called us out here. You know? I need that money. Yes. I hit my knees in the duplex, and I said, I just made up the prayer of faith. That's what we've been talking about. I prayed the prayer of faith. I said, Father, I need, and I am asking you for $1,200. And I need it like today. And I just thank you for it. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. And that was it. And... Uh, I don't, know what I, I don't know if I just let that lie, but whatever. I, next day, I, c- I go to church. I have the service that night. And y'all remember Dee Rios? She's a little fiery, you know, uh, Hispanic lady. Praise God, preacher, you know. And then she had a friend named Michaela, and they were roommates. Well, they said, Pastor, can we see you after the service? Yeah, okay, sure. And uh, she said, well, God told us to give this to you. And I said, well, praise God, thank you. Thank you so much. And I said, I didn't think, I gathered my stuff and got home. I didn't think, I thought, man, maybe there's a hundred towards that. Maybe there's a couple hundred towards that 1,200. There was 12 brand new $100 bills in that envelope. I had not told a soul. But listen, I'm nothing great. The Word is great. God is great. And faith in His Word works. Yes. Amen. I'm an Okie, right? I'm a country boy just like most of y'all boys. I, I don't have anything special about me except I am a child of God. I have the Holy Ghost in me and I have a covenant with God Almighty. But listen, I bring that up because, listen, I didn't, feel victorious. I didn't feel like things were going my way. But when I felt the wrong thing, I had to do the faith thing. I had to pray my prayer and put it in God's hand and go to sleep and not worry about it. And in 24 hours I had that money. Amen. Amen. Faith, living by faith is awesome. Awesome. And this is not something that I want a church full of people who agree with and say amen to. I want you. you. You individually, you can agree with it conceptually. You can say amen. But until you have faced Ralph yourself. and proven, took a stand upon the Word for yourself and believed when you didn't feel and you believed when you didn't see and you hung in there when the pressure was on and you saw God come through for you. He performed His Word for you. Amen. Then and only then can you say, you know a little something about faith. Amen. Until then, it's a Bible theory. It's a doctrine. It's something that you agree to as a Christian. But God has given us the wonderful invitation, all of us, to face every giant, every challenge, every need, even every desire and dream, and bring your faith to it. You don't have to do everything by the sweat of your brow. You don't have to do everything by what you can do by yourself alone. Do what you can do. I said do what you can do. But when you get to your limit, that's not the limit. That's when you should use your faith to see God do the over and the above and the thing that you cannot do. And you don't just do it once in a while. You live this way. You live this way. Well, Pastor, what do you mean live this way? Because I got to a place, you know, and you could. you, You should get to a place where A lot of the big, big mountains in your life are behind you. A lot of the big mountains in my life are behind me. The mountains I face today are the pressures and the oppositions that come my way in pursuing the plan of God for my life. And the faith, the challenges that come to my faith as I use my faith to believe for big blessings. Right? But relationships are heading the right direction. Children are heading the right direction. Health heading the right direction. Finances heading the right direction. Right? Amen. Amen. But I'm still not done with faith. I'll never be done Amen. with faith. I'll always need my faith. Because if nothing else, the very thing God has really called you to do, you have to have His help. Amen. God has called none of us to do something for Him that we can do without Him. Amen. Everything God has called you to do, you will have to have His supernatural help. Last word for tonight. This is not the only thing that you need to know about what to do when faith is being challenged. But it is a huge one. What are we talking about? Saying the right thing when you feel and see the wrong thing. Such a key. When you don't feel like you love your mate anymore, you say, "I am in love with my spouse. I love my spouse." You, faith is for everything. Said, "Faith is for everything." I love. Pastor Chris, I love my pastor. I love him so much. He is a blessing to. I mean, faith is for everything. I love where God placed me. I love the church He planted me in. Say the right thing. Now, what is the right thing? The word confession in the Greek is homologia. And we use the word homo, meaning sane. A homosexual, that's a guy likes a guy and a girl likes a girl. We know that's wrong, but that's why it's homo, same. Right? Homologia, language. So the Greek word for confession means to say the same thing as. That's what it means. That's what confession is when it comes to your faith. I am supposed to say the same thing God says about X. What am I supposed to say about my body and my health? What, do, what does God say? Pat, I'm weak. Man, I'm, I'm just weak. I'm so that's not what you're supposed to say. Does the Bible say you're weak? The Bible does not say you're weak, and the Bible tells you what to say when you feel weak. Let the weak say I am strong. When are you supposed to say I'm strong? When you feel weak. If the weak is supposed to say I'm strong, what do you think the poor is supposed to say? What are the sick supposed to say? What are the defeated supposed to say? I'm, more than, I'm a victor. I'm a, yeah. This is faith. This is what confession is. And your life will never rise higher than your confession. Amen. You will never have, you will never possess more than you confess. Amen. You will never possess more than you confess. You than you confess. One time I confessed... I'm going to, I'm making so much a month. I receive, or so much a year. And that came to pass. Yeah. And then I upped it. And I didn't think it had come to pass. And it had come to pass months before. My wife goes, look at that. And I went, shazam. Wow. <laughs> Praise God. How much taxes do we owe? A lot. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. We're on the other side of that. Praise God. God. Praise the Lord. And now I'm confessing. Soon and very soon, this is coming in. Amen. Amen. Why can't you just be thankful for what you got? I am. But I want to do more. There's things I want to do that I can't do yet. For my kids, for my wife, for our family, for this church, for the kingdom. So I'm going to keep going. Y'all get that? Yes. Confession always comes before possession. Yes. Not after. Yes. Before. Amen. So you've got to say and believe you have it before you have it. And if you do, Jesus will make sure you have it. Amen. 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 What was I going to close with, Father? You know, if it leaves me, maybe the Father's saying, you don't need it, right? But, uh, but you remember that story where Jesus was, he told his disciples, let us go to the other side of the Lake of Galilee. That's what he meant. Let us go to the other side. And they all believed Jesus' words. Because the Bible says they launched out. And the moment they launched out and they got out there in the middle, guess what happened? Satan opposed The words of faith that Jesus spoke. And when you get ready to launch out into a dream or to a business or to a blessing, to receive a blessing from, guess what? Satan's gonna stir up a storm. And Jesus says, Okay, I've taught them a few things. I'm gonna hold back, see what they do. So the Bible says that Jesus was in the hinder, the back part of the ship. Asleep on a pillow. But this is hilarious because it's not like a yacht where you're underneath and you're oblivious to what's going on outside. The Bible says the waves were so overwhelming the boat. They're all drenched. And it does say, the Bible doesn't lie, the Bible says they were in peril. They were in peril. It was a dangerous situation from the natural And Jesus stayed asleep. I can just see like they're going, let's see, of the 12, who's going to do something? Peter, I know, is going to do something. It's probably going to be the wrong thing, but Peter's going to do something. And one of them came over and said, Jesus, you don't care. See what happens? You're tempted when you find yourself in the pressure cooker to accuse God and others of not caring. Master, carest thou not that we perish? What do you mean you perish? They said we perish. Why did he say that? They believed it. Why did they believe it? Because it looked like they were going. It felt like they were going to perish. But that's not what they started out believing. They started out believing And saying, we're going to the other side. Jesus stood up and he did what they should have done. He rebuked the wind and the waves. And there was a calm. And then he turned to them and said, aren't y'all glad I'm here with you? No, that's not what he said. He rebuked them and said, where is your faith? And it's easy to forget, right? In the middle of the storm. I brought my American Express card. I should have brought my faith. Never leave home without it. Satan brought the storm. His goal was to change what they said. That's why the pressure comes is to get you to change. They went from we're going to the other side to we perish. And had Jesus not been there with them, they might have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how important it is when you're in the storm, Mm -hmm. drenched with bad circumstances, that you don't let the pressure get in your mouth. Say the right thing when you feel the wrong thing. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's stand up tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, you can live this way. If I can live this way, you can live this way. Nothing, I don't have any extra talent. Uh, I do have good genes. I have been regenerated. but. That that's not it. I said, I'm really, right? Most of you have more natural gifts and talents than I do. Seriously. I'm not not playing with that. I just I believe that. If I can live this way, you can live this way. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you.